everybody and welcome to episode 8 of the Hey Listen podcast. I got the number wrong last time, so we have two episode 6s of the podcast. We're uh, very professional here. I am Dizzy Bess, I'm a Twitch streamer and uh, with me are my three musketeers, or three usual suspects. I'm Miss Belltree, I'm also a Twitch streamer. It's like, this is what to brag. I think it's since last podcast. I'm age partner. In your face, everybody. I don't know why. That, twi- um, that tick looks so good on you on Twitch too. Doesn't it? It has changed my life not at all, but it was fun to achieve. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm seriously, I'm a giraffe, uh, or giraffe for short, also a Twitch streamer, definitely not a partner, but I do have giraffe to dark streams for all your less PG, your American um, Blood Bowl times. And I am Cauliflower, not a Twitch streamer, but sometimes invade other people. Um, Holly, weren't you supposed to be a Twitch streamer after a certain charity stream recently? Okay, I have three kids. And a very busy <laughs> job. It will happen. I don't know when, but it, it will. It will happen eventually. Checking. And this episode, uh, we are going to be talking about equality, diversity, and inclusivity. But we decided that it's been a little while since we've had a special guest, and so we decided to invite somebody on with us. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hey there. Yeah, sure. I'm Audrey, and I'm also a Blood Bowl streamer. I've just been getting back into it after a couple of years of no internet. And and it's been so lovely to come back and see so many women streaming and playing the game. So thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's been it's great to have it. It's great to see your streams as well. I've been trying to catch as many of them as possible. And I've actually been noticing recently there has been an increase in female streamers of Blood Bowl. There's been yourself, there's been Ken, there's been Giraffe's been, uh, well, you've it's, it's over a year now, isn't it, Giraffe? Since you started. Just about, yeah. Yeah. Just over. So can it's... I, can I chime in one thing that's really important? Because we introduced Audrey and... We need to say, like, for people who need to know about Audrey on Twitch, she's New Girl Plus on Twitch. Yes. So if you're not following New Girl Plus on Twitch, this is your chance, listening to the podcast, go and type that name into the Twitch search bar and go hit that button because she's on Or copy and paste the link from down below, just straight into your browser and you'll find her. <laughs> I was right just there. about to say the same thing. All Twitch um, and social media links will be down below in the description, uh, so they should be there for you to find pretty easily. Definitely go give everybody here a follow if you're if you haven't already because we're all doing a variety of different things but it's nice to have like a big community joining us together and so like we we sort of spoke in a previous episode about this topic in a way equality diversity and inclusivity or edi as it's sometimes known as but due to some recent events we kind of felt like it was an important thing to bring back up not just from because the last time we sort of spoke about it it was from our own experience Experiences and the importance of women in gaming and I think that this time we can broach it a little bit broader and we can actually expand a little bit more into um, the idea of EDI and what it means within our communities. So first of all I think a good place to start would be to touch upon our own experiences uh, as women much like we did previously but just kind of like talk about our good and our bad experiences very briefly where we can does anyone want to start a sort of a question of or maybe a richer question to Audrey as well because she from what I understand you're like the OG Blood Bowl female streamer right because there used to be only when you were streaming there were only two of you is that I feel, I mean, I'm probably forgetting things, but when I started playing, L-Shaped was the only woman who mm-hmm. was streaming, and I'm not sure if she's around anymore. It seems like it's been a good year plus since she's streamed, at least. Yeah, she was amazing, and I really miss her, but yeah, it was interesting getting into it because it was basically just her, and when I first started popping around into other people's streams, like before I was streaming, it's like, Blood Bowl has a lovely community. I don't want to say anything bad against it, but definitely I would pop into some streams and suddenly things would get like a little bit weird like mm. it'd say hi and someone's like oh it's new girl plus do you like fuck a new girl every week and it's oh no, wow no so so then i would just leave the stream i popped into one popular streamer's chat and i don't know volunteered to be a war dancer or something and suddenly we have a female war dancer and so all the jokes about getting her strip and jugs and everything come out. And like, on one hand, if you've listened to my stream, you know that I'm totally down for that sort of joke, but somehow it just feels different when you're the only woman in the room Mm. and you pop up in with a bunch of guys who start making those jokes about you. It's just a lot less comfortable. It's like you don't have any sort of control over the narrative, I guess. Yeah, I think think part of that's something that we touched on in the last stream, and it's about the familiarity of people with you. 
Yeah. It's that brand new stream that you've popped into and all of a sudden all these people that you've never had an interaction with you before are making semi-sexist jokes towards you. It is yeah, very uncomfortable exactly. and mm. it, you feel very vulnerable in that point, especially as the only woman. That must have been very difficult to kind of process. It was strange because it's like, you know, there's always a part of you that's being like, oh gosh, I'm just being oversensitive. They're, they're just having a mm. laugh. And part of me that's like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm uncomfortable right now. The question, isn't it? Yeah. Like, is it you or is it them or, yeah. Yeah, they always try and invalidate your feelings and it's, that's what always makes you question like, oh God, am I, am I overreacting? Am I being too sensitive to this? But I did notice a little bit last night, actually, I think it was in your stream, Giraffe, there was a bit oh. of a woman where, like, I don't know how joking it was. It was kind of hard to tell, but not, not through, not from you, obviously, but like there was some people in the chat and it just kind of came across as like, have these people not seen us because all of us are quite prominent in many people's streams we are we're in there quite a bit and so it, that's the first time i've seen someone going woman like uh, you know a woman blood bowler how is this you know what what is this and it's the first time i've seen that in a, in a while at least and i just it just kind of took me aback it took um, me aback as well because the person in question as well didn't continue to make what i considered some uncomfortable mm. jokes afterwards one of them was actually directed at me and it's like yeah i don't know you exactly yeah. down to familiarity point that and also, also the fact that you're, you're a mod in, in Giraffe's channel, so they weren't just making this to a random person in the chat, some, somebody who's just there watching, they were making it to a moderator in the chat, so, you know, you could have very easily, like, booted them out for it or something, you know. Oh, part of me was tempted to delete the message, but it's like... You do that. Well, no, I'm just going to call it out. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. If they make another one, I'll start deleting them and, you know, giving them more stern warnings. But at that point, it was like, I've just made a comment that I don't find that funny. What was said? I think I Draft put me on the on the LOS very rudely, allowing me to be smacked in the face. And, <laughs> and I was injured. Supposed to be okay. No, I was, it was only a badly hurt, so it was fine. So I, I'm the bear was... on, on Draft's kids left team. Notoriously poor bear. Uh, no, I'm the bear. <laughs> I'm the backbone of that team. And this, the person in question made a comment of it's nothing that's a bit of makeup can't cover oh yeah yeah and I, I, I just I, was, I wasn't overly thrilled with it because it's like you mm. don't even know me you don't know if i wear makeup you don't know what i do it just came across very strange and it was like it wasn't overly because you know comment right after oh women play blood ball okay yeah. well let me make a woman joke like <laughs> after it, that it wasn't one of those comments where it's like obviously you know because I, I can i can hear some people no i'm not saying anybody who listens will be saying this but i can i i, I can always hear in my head some of the arguments some people play oh it was harmless it was a joke you know there was no, you're reading too deeply into it because that's what you know we, we all not i don't I'm, we're not exactly trained to think that but you know it gets ingrained in us like we hear those arguments over and over again so it wasn't that it was inherently like a bad comment but it just comes off very strangely after that someone's come in gone what a woman playing blood bowl oh put a bit of makeup on that you'll be f like it just came across a bit off and right, I think yeah it's context isn't it someone's yeah. followed that that's not a second one yeah interesting thing i don't know if you all have covered microaggressions and stuff on this podcast before but that's something that i was kind of had my eyes open to a few years ago where it's like a lot of the things that that kind of wear us down are just these tiny little comments or actions that on the surface don't seem like a problem yeah. and so it's really hard to convince people that it is a problem because it's only once you're on the receiving end that you're seeing this 24 7 and mm. it wears you down and when you mm. get the same question over and over and over it kind of starts to dehumanize you yeah like, i don't know if you guys are aware or not but i'm trans i'm a lesbian and like just you know all the questions are like oh so do you have a penis or if you had the surgery and it's like i understand the curiosity of course but i don't want to answer that five times a day yeah you know it's kind of my personal business and people just aren't really aware that they're not the only ones saying things yeah and that it does build up i guess basically what i'm trying to say is the guy's comments in chat they weren't really that bad in isolation but it just kind of contributes to this weird atmosphere that that makes things a lot less comfortable definitely and it was yeah. after it was already after probably a slightly sexist comment mm. and then it because it, it was just i, I liken it to when to when pe men tell us oh smile 
Yeah. I, prefer, uh, I find women far more attractive if they smile. Like, well, sweetheart, I'm not even oh trying to attract God. you. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> I, I will say, um, I, I'm, I'm more than happy to admit, probably about six, seven years ago, before I started university, I wouldn't have asked those questions, but I was curious like you know if i met somebody who was different in like someone who was trans or you know something somebody who i hadn't encountered before i might may have wondered those questions but now having gone through university having met people never having asked those questions having met people and, and broadened my experiences i do understand you know it's none of my business and it's how does it change your perception of that person and you know i think it's you talk about microaggressions i think what people do don't understand is they are the baseline and they allow more advanced and more aggressive things to happen to somebody so you ask those questions or you um say a joke quotation marks that then normalizes being aggressive or being mean or you know to the to to that group and so when an attack happens on that on those group of people it becomes more not like it's more and more normalized and it's okay to to attack them it's like you know when you hear the like really extreme things happening oh what were they wearing oh what were they you know it's their fault mm. because they you know it's so hard to convince people and to make them understand that all these little things they may seem like nothing in the moment but they snowball no i think it's really interesting because actually like i think inclusivity and and these topics on this podcast before and i don't i don't know if anybody knows this i'm also trans i've talked about it on this podcast before i've talked about it on on my stream a couple of times but I, I don't talk about it loads and loads and part of the reason actually is kind of that and it's the same in my daily life like I, I just try to go about my life being myself and and hope that people will sort of treat me as an individual on my own merits rather than something that I am and I, and I never know you know when I walk into any room I don't know if people are sort of aware that I'm trans I have no idea and I try not to make that big focus of my thought because I think that you end up in that um that place where yeah I don't the microaggressions the sort of constant refocusing on things about yourself that are not the most interesting things about yourself and I think that that same thing isn't just sort of applicable to trans women I think that's applicable to any sort of minority in space right like so I think that's the same thing that's actually what's happened on Giraffe's stream the other night is women being sort of perceived as a minority in a space that person has come into the chat and rather than treat you as a person playing football it's oh you're a woman and therefore the interesting thing about you is that you're a woman and therefore we're just going to sort of stick to those cliches that we want to stick to about women like it's just sort of not allowing you to be more than those broad brushstroke caricatures of, of what your category is perceived as within a face i've worn makeup maybe three times in my entire life <laughs> really well said tree because i think you're articulating the thing that i've been trying to like why do these little things matter and absolutely you, yeah. you are it's, it's nail on the head and there's not that much that i can really add to that it was really articulate and well said it's mm. you're right people aren't giving us the opportunity opportunity to be ourselves as a person they are pigeonholing us into into this being a woman and then i think someone else this was a while ago someone else in a stream called me and you know by extension the the four of you as a woman playing blood bowl unicorn because we're mm. so rare oh <laughs> did they i missed that one. Oh, oh that it was it was a good while ago and i think I can't remember where he was from because he said I have no one to play blubber with. He said, Well you should get your wife to play. My wife would never play. Mm. Did you ask her? <laughs> have you suggested it to her? Have you maybe not tried to turn this into such a man's hobby and made it very open so that you can play together? Uh, that's just such like a silly classic thing that there are no women in games and i'm really involved in this other gaming community have been for years now but when i was getting into it it was like i was kind of the token woman there and it's just so weird that i keep getting these questions like wait are you an actual woman are you an actual <laughs> oh female for a while i actually like changed my screen name to actual female because it was just getting so ludicrous that that, that is all that people care about about me when i have so much else in the community that is important to me and yes yeah, so it is just that that refocusing of things towards the less important aspects of oneself isn't that how the serious damage are came to be as well basically from being asked yeah, same question that's actually uh, yeah people are asking if I'm a real giraffe, which in this particular case is shockingly <laughs> I'm not, but it's a weird... <laughs> 
weirdly similar question. But so my answer usually when people come in with their um, oh my goodness, are you, like there's a woman playing. I can't believe there are any women playing blah blah bullshit. Is I usually respond that there are actually a lot of women. Like, just sort of in a maybe in case you haven't noticed, there are actually a lot of women playing blah blah. You, they just might not tell you about it. Mm. And I think that comes back to this um, normalization of things, right? If you're looking at a room full of men, you might not want to necessarily tell them in an anonymous mm-hmm. setting that you're a woman. But I think what's been happening over the last couple of years, and we've been actually talking with Audrey a little bit about it, who has seen it in the years before, and even in the one year that I've been streaming, being a woman, Blood Bowl player and gamer is a little bit more normalized because now there's a ton of people. And now, you know, when you have seven, ten different blood, um, female Blood Bowl streamers to choose from, maybe now you can actually choose them based on whose personality is more appealing or whose play style is more appealing. And now the fact that it's, oh, hey, well, that's the one thing we know about you, right? Mm. And so hopefully we're doing the opposite normalization of like, yeah, that's not the interesting thing about the streamer. The interesting thing about the streamer is what they bring to the stream, which is pretty, pretty exciting. Um, Like, I like it. Hopefully there'll be more and and more are coming, I think. It's really interesting just sort of like on the, I think as well, like as Twitch is such a bubble, like Twitch is like its own little community, which is, again, as I've been said, like mostly really lovely community on Twitch. But then like tabletop top events that have got like their own vibe that's completely different and yeah having gone to the tabletop world cup however many years ago it was before covid um the last one and there was like a thousand more than a thousand people there and i think there were maybe like 20 women there in tokyo about like someone like ended up didn't end up playing on any other women there but i did end up sat right next to one at one point we were sort of laughing about it and she was saying we should all do like a, a team photo like all of us together which never happened but we could have easily got into one photo is the point even though there's a thousand people at this event and and then UKTC when we went whenever UKTC was April I think there was probably oh, close to that many and a much smaller event maybe more yeah, than yeah. 20 so I'm just what the ones that I saw in my head I mean well, how many how many of us were there it was about 300 people ish yeah no, and I had two rooms there were two women on my team mm-hmm. obviously we had, we had two on our team yeah. And I knew that we knew of a couple of non but non-binary people that were there as well. Yeah. Mm. Now there, there was a there was a lot more like I I say this in air quotes like minorities. Yeah. Starting to come into it because it's starting to become more of a safer, more comfortable space to be in. And yeah. people go, oh, you're a man and you're wearing a skirt, <laughs> and it's like just shut up. They want to wear a skirt. They're comfortable. They 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 could dress, people could dress however the hell they want. Mm. I think because also we are so happy to be so visible and like with with our podcast and with our Twitch streams and our YouTube channels and all that sort of thing. Because I've I I you know my I've got my undead one turn touchdown video on YouTube. Oh, I had I had this uh, blood bowl coach come up to me at Thrud and he had his two kids with him and he was like this is oh it's the famous like you should watch her one day one day like he was telling his kids about it and oh, it was God. it was adorable. so adorable but I um, speaking of Thrud I did see um, I believe uh, she was a teenager there was a teenage girl there as well as a load of of, of adult women there as well I met Mrs Santa I met Auntie Moon there was Crystal uh, McDoll who she's a painter as well as a, a Blood Bowl uh, streamer amazing painter she's she's, amazing she's fantastic painter. and there were just mm. so many and Nafsi as well like I was talking to some coaches and they were saying they'd never seen so many women and so I think the fact that there's been a lot more like pr- not, not necessarily prominent women but like you know we're, we're happy to stream we're happy to put ourselves out there and make it more normalised like I've got my um, girls in Blood Bowl Facebook group as well and we were at like 60 odd members you know creating these spaces where actually we're okay to be who we are and it's like we can love Blood Bowl as we as we do and like there's no questions of like why are you here or you know your girls you shouldn't be playing or your women you shouldn't be playing and it's like no we have a place we have a place and we are going to fight for it you know it's not not that there's been massive resistance. <laughs> no, there hasn't. But, but there's still is you're the occasion. about this idea of, of safe spaces, there are certain times where there are perhaps more unsafe spaces have been created within the Blood Bowl community. Nice segue. <laughs> oh my god, that was so safe. Professional streamer, do you even stream? <laughs> now we called it out. <laughs> I know, right? So some of these unsafe spaces that we have seen coming up just recently is a tabletop competition by the very famous Bruce Bowl. And I'm sure that anybody that plays tabletop 
Blood Bowl has heard of Bruce Bowl and has seen them on Facebook and some of you might be rolling your eyes and groaning now. But this tournament that they put on, what was it, about 24, 24 gents all went, which in of itself is absolutely fine. It is worth pointing, <laughs> before you continue, it is worth pointing out this was not a NAF sanctioned uh, yes. tournament. So yes, uh, that, absolutely, is, that is one thing not, to point out. Yeah, they, it was not a NAF, NAF sanctioned tournament. But for roster building, if you played shirtless, you got a free reroll. Now, anyone that has played Blood Bowl, especially in the 2020 rules, I don't know if you're familiar with those, Audrey, but rerolls are so valuable, especially when you can use multiple rerolls in a turn. Especially because some teams have had their rerolls increased massively in price. Uh, yeah, so, like lizards, so re- lizards yeah. for example, have got you know their yeah. their rerolls are scarce. So for them, that would be incredibly valuable to get that extra reroll. Yes. yes. So that cre- immediately having that rule in their roster building immediately created an unsafe space. Not just for women, not just for trans, but for a lot of people. Now, does anybody would anybody here agree to play shirtless for an extra reroll? No, not no. even with you lot, for the record. Like, <laughs> no. Not even with you lot. <laughs> and an immediate this, not going to the tournament though right yeah. like yeah what's is, the point it is also worth, worth pointing out there there may be there there is the possibility that there may be some women who would be fine with this rule and so that is why we acknowledge that it is not just a women thing like uh, women having an issue with this there are many people who would have an issue with this and not feel that it is a space that they can enter yeah Uh, i think it might be worth saying actually that i might be fine doing that um like as i am now because i've actually become like so much more comfortable with my body but if we were talking 10 years ago i would stay the hell away from that And so it's, I mean, I guess I'm kind of a weird case because I wasn't really a guy back then, but I mean, body insecurity and stuff is massive no matter who you are. And like talk about, I don't know, maybe about trans men who've had top surgery and don't want to show off their scarring and just there are so many reasons that you don't want to. Haven't had their surgery. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. Or like, you know, like it's not just about like that. I mean, I don't want to sort of, I think, you know, like I remember you saying quite a little bit from private, like I'm not showing off my mum's time for people. And like, that's like also a totally valid like reason, but it could be anything. Like it could be a a scar. It could be just any reason. Yeah. You might just, some people just don't want to take their clothes off in front of other people. These feelings are absolutely valid. But what you've done by introducing the rule like that is immediately closed off that tournament to so many people. The, of the five of us, of, the, of any of the men, the women in our life, would they be willing to play in those sorts of circumstances? Oh, would you say I, she would, which is fair enough, but like... Maybe, but like, um, I feel like I would only want to participate if I knew that, you know, there were other women who would be going with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it would actually in some way be a safe space for me. Why is that even a thing, right? Why are we taking the mechanics of a game that is, <laughs> you know, that has nothing to do with who is actually playing it, right? Supposedly, this is a mental game, right? Why are we altering the mechanics and giving a tangible tangible advantage to somebody just because... Why? Like, what, yeah. what actually makes this good? Besides the fact that we just say, oh, shirtless is funny, right? Without thinking past what? <laughs> like, so if, why is it funny? For, and why do we have to modify this? Yeah. From what I understand, and there may be some people from the Bruce Bowl um, League and the tournament, the people who organise this, if you want to contact us and give us your reasons, because, you know, we do want to be fair and we do want to hear you out, but we are just pointing out, like, what we, how we feel and how, you know, <laughs> what issues that we see. But from what I do understand that they have said in the past it is a body positivity thing and that is what they're trying to promote is the idea of like the, the you know being proud of the body that you have and things like that which i can understand so free but I, drinks feel, if, I feel there are better do, ways of yeah. doing it do free drinks for shirtless i suppose if you must right why are we altering the actual game and the mechanics of the game yeah. that have nothing yeah. to do with it yeah. that's that's like a really big part of it like if it's if it's a, a tournament right and like in theory of a tournament like it should be equal to everyone right everyone coming in should have the same chance to win you've you've immediately made it not equal because if anyone's uncomfortable with that they read like a competitive disadvantage like and that's yeah so i looked at the facebook page that talked about this a bit and i i'm sure dizzy you're also going to mention a little bit about that but one thing in the comments that really amazed me was um, somebody mentioned I don't know if this was a joke or if they were serious that hey maybe women and um, trans men who knew might uh, sorry trans women might not be so comfortable with this situation so how can maybe we should have some options for them um, and then somebody replied well well yes I think it would be acceptable for them to play in the in their bras 
And I just have this image of a person, the only woman in the room, right? Because mm. um, it's not a huge in a group. Yeah, sure. A group of 16 shirtless men who is who is now, well, if you want to be on par with them on the things that the in-game that they have, you got to play in your bra. Just how comfortable do you think you're going to be? Just the fact that somebody unironically suggested that is just... That was even more surprising to me than the tournament itself, I think. So, um, I did discuss this on my stream after Mm. I saw the initial post, and I asked some of my viewers to send me their thoughts because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just, like, an isolated group of people talking about this, and, you know, obviously we all have our experiences, um, but I wanted to hear from some other people as well. So here's something, removing your shirt to get real is not inclusive, I'm a male and I feel really uncomfortable doing that, so to exclude a likely entire female base should not be allowed uh, somebody else uh, and they they are happy to be named so this is from Splaggy so Splaggy is saying that he and a number of other UK Spluggy. who's Splaggy? Uh, just for anyone who doesn't know says part of the UK tawny coordinators and they were not happy with the topless re-rolls and they said they don't want to sanction any tawnies that have that rule in the pack because they are they were not comfortable with it at all um, but yeah um, they, they felt it was they're they're all in agreement and they just they're they're looking at the wider issues of diversity and discrimination they are constantly looking at ways that venues can be more accessible and that tournaments can be more more friendly and so this was something that they just kind they just immediately put their foot down against so yeah so were they were they approached to make this an official NAF tournament or was it they were is that hypothetical they were right? they were wow. the, the 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 UK tourney coordinators were approached about this and they did deny it because of this rule and it's just I, I feel like if you're denied by the coordinators of the UK tournament I think you should maybe reconsider what it is that you're doing there are many ways that you can do this in in, an inclusive way and i believe collie you mentioned the is it the mustache bowl going to a tournament in november it's a pairs tournament i also want to point out that this one is also not naf sanctioned as far as i'm aware but this is it it's called mobile it's part of movember where we raise money for men's men's cancer charities in the uk i don't know if that's the same in in dates draft and order might be able to confirm that for me there's definitely something like that but i'm yeah. sorry <laughs> uh, this is not something i'm yeah so in, in november in the uk we for, for any of our non-british listeners we call it Movember. The men decide to go for a full month without shaving to grow a moustache. And they raise as much money as possible for men's prostate cancer charities. Which is fantastic because breast cancer charities get all the, all the all the airwaves. They get so much attention and so much money given towards them. Men's cancers are comparatively ignored and it's wrong and we should do that. And um, part of the ways to raise money for this is they're doing a blood ball tournament. And when you sign up, they'll give you a stick on moustache. And that's your apothecary. But everybody gets one. There is no, if you can't grow a moustache, you can't have one of these. They're just going to give you a stick on one. That's your, yeah, that's your apple, so you save 50k. And when you use it, do you have to take it off? And if you have a grown <laughs> attached moustache, do you have to shave it off? <laughs> what are the rules here? Cause I'm, I'm, not, I'm like... not 100% sure on that. I'm sure it will explain to me properly on the day. But, you know, but something like that, you know, where it is a... It, it's not necessarily gender specific because obviously women can grow moustaches as well but it is for people who cannot um, grow, grow a moustache they have an option for them and I'm not saying you know well it's not that people can't take their top off but it's n- it's not accessible I don't feel comfortable yeah. taking my top off mm-hmm. it's it's not something that everybody is going to do and and they are then essentially penalised for not taking their top off and it's like yes. that's that's where you really need to rethink what's sort of being done here. What are you trying to do? Because you're not getting the result that you're setting out to do. And I think that is the issue that, like, you know, that they need to that they, the that needs to that, be understood. Sorry, by the goal that you're setting out, are you talking about the the body positivity aspect? If that's what they are trying to do, yes because I don't okay. think it's really establishing a body positivity no, environment. I think it, no, no I, absolutely I, I agree. I think it's excluding people that don't outwardly show this body positivity. 
Mm. At the same time, so sorry if this is really silly questions, I don't know anything about tabletop or the official tournaments or anything. Um, if this were officially sanctioned, I would have such a problem with it. Mm. But if it is just a small private event, well, what exactly is the concern here? Is it just that this sort of thing starts to kind of propagate and if more, if I, a larger percentage of the tournaments are like this, there are less chances for other people to participate in them? So I think the main problem we had is that they did try to become officially sanctioned by the NAF. And well, that is just ludicrous. Yeah, so if they, if they would have been officially sanctioned by the NAF, all the your games, your, your statistics would have counted towards your ranking on the NAF website. Mm. And it would have just been very exclusive for a lot of people. And if they would have been NAF sanctioned, you know, there's potential for that to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow into not just a small local tournament, into maybe perhaps one of the bigger tournaments. Because on Facebook, because on the community pages, Brisbane's quite a big thing. Yeah. It has started being... So it was originally a UK league where a couple of guys went around to a mate's house and did this thing. Then they start, And the issue that I then had with it, which I didn't really speak much about, was that he started posting about it publicly. And that in itself isn't a bad thing, but then there started being other Bruce Bowls cropping up all over the place in different parts of the country, all over the world, in different countries. There would be, you know, the insert country name here, Bruce Bowl League that we set up or whatever, and it's a constant thing on, on there. And then they set up this tournament, and we started seeing a lot of support for it. Oh, they should include this in GW Rules. Oh, I'd rather go to this than the World Cup. And there was a lot of people going, yes, this is a great thing i want to inc i want to do this and even though it wasn't NAF sanctioned and even though it's not an official league that's worrying because that means that there may be more of these kinds of things start cropping up and eventually at what point do we go hang on this needs to someone needs to say something about this it, uh, could they then start their own version of the NAF i don't know if that's a po if that's thing, something they could possibly do or not but what if they do something like that or what if you know th there's there's so many things that I think I mean it's, it's they're all hypotheticals and it's not saying that that will definitely happen but we need to let like if they want this to be NAF sanctioned and if they want to make it an inclusive thing we need to point out that there are some things within it there are that are inherently problematic and because they are posting about it publicly I think we should be allowed to publicly call out the things that we see as issues Okay, thank you. I totally agree with that. I don't think I realised quite how prevalent it was and how much support there was for yeah. it in the Blood Bowl community. Yeah, if you haven't seen if you haven't seen the Facebook page and you, you aren't on it, like I know quite a few people who have left because of not because of Bruce Bruce Ball, but because of things that were on this on this page. Like there's there've been a few things that have been problematic conversations and stuff. Some of which we spoke about in the last episode. But this has been I don't want to say recent because like they've been around for a little while. Their league has been thing for a little while and there have been some controversies around that and, and the, the constant posts around that but this tournament I felt was a step too far than I had to say something about it on my Twitch I, felt, I, I just felt I had to and then we agreed that we would talk about it in the podcast as well yeah I mean I, I do think it's worth reiterating and I think like I, I, I don't mind well, what words not just happy either but I, I don't know if that's one thing she's trying to do, put a counterpoint on it so, you know no one here is saying like people shouldn't do whatever they want in their like mates league like that's everyone should play their hobby and enjoy the hobby however they want that's not a thing to be honest I'm not on the Blood Bowl community page because I'm not really on Facebook anymore. Um, I have been on there before but I just don't really Facebook that much but yeah like I, for me this is only like a thing that I would sort of have anything to say about because like if you're trying to make it into an F tournament then that is a bit different isn't it because yeah. like, then you're actually trying to make it and it's ranked something that's part of like the official theme and, and to me it's quite exclusionary yeah I guess so a lot of the problem is that if there is a lot of support behind to making it officially NAF sanctioned. That just shows how many people in the community don't realize why this might be a problem. Yeah. And it just mm. kind of demonstrates how people aren't necessarily aware of the issues that people besides themselves face. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was until, well, there have been um, some women on the Bloodball tabletop scene for many, many years, but a fairly small number. And I was talking to a lady at the, just before NAF scene, she was talking about how, I think, not oblivious people have been, but like uh, people assume that she was the girlfriend or the wife of somebody who was there. And so I think there's been more more recognition of those issues but not enough in some cases and i think that's why things like this 
you know, there needs to be a, a voice going, actually, this isn't something that's um, welcoming to everybody. I think we've probably said enough about Bruce Bowl at this point. So I think something a bit a bit nicer. Um, we, if we could have a think about like something, maybe it was an action or something someone said to you that made us feel welcome in a space that we originally didn't feel overly welcome in. And this doesn't have to be blah, blah. This can be any space, maybe like a game shop or something or, or a society or, or something thing that you wanted to join a, a club or something and initially you know it's really funny because I've put my hand up and none of you can see me like I'm a child in school so I went to after we did UKTC I absolutely got tabletop bug and I wanted to go to another tournament and Spleggy who we mentioned before put me on to a small tournament in West Yorkshire called Whipple Bowl I was like oh hell yeah I'm on I'm on that and I was all up for it and then I arrived and I, I was sat in my car and I'm, oh god I'm actually really nervous to walk through this door and I went in I went up to Spleggy and I registered and a few not not too long later the the pairings went up on the board and I sat down and I played this one this, this lovely young lad and he was really good and I destroyed his halflings get wrecked <laughs> and then it was lunchtime and I didn't know anyone other than like Spleggy but he was there organizing everything so I just kind of sat in a corner and ate some lunch and then there was a group of guys sat next to me and they were they were chatting and they were t- talking about how the games went and they were chatting about something I was just eating and they turned around and talked to me and go what do you think about the throw teammate rules I just kind of looked at them and goes, well, which part of it do you mean exactly and we, and we talked about it and they, it was just before the the errata came out saying that if you hit the ball carrier it's a turnover yeah and oh, it was just like great. they looked at me and they, they genuinely asked my opinion on what I think of that and they didn't look at me like I'm a woman they didn't talk to me like I was stupid they looked at me and talked to me like I was an equal like I was a blood bowl player and they were interested in what I had to say and that was really nice and I, from that moment on I just felt far more comfortable in there and then afterwards Yudlagar who we sometimes see in chat lovely goblin coach wonderful guy also came up to me Dreams. to chat about the throw the throw teammate rules and again people just didn't look at me like I was this one woman in the room which I was I was the one woman in the room they just saw me as another blood ball coach that's all you want really isn't it that's all I want and I was just, and you instantly relaxed and felt better that's really nice I guess I have something kind of on the other end of that if that's all right is um, the other community that I'm really involved with is this platformer and uh, users can create levels and stuff and share them like like Mario Maker or whatever basically there was another woman who'd been making maps and stuff but hadn't joined our discord and become part of our server and we finally like we can leave messages in maps and stuff and ask her to join and she finally did join and the two of us have been talking and she pretty much says that the only reason she was comfortable to join is that she knew I was a woman because like my screen name is New Girl Plus and I make I make levels about being a lesbian all the time because I'm just like that, sorry. <laughs> but basically just knowing that there are people that you can kind of glom onto, knowing that you're not going to be isolated when you join a community. I think that's a really big deal. And I think that's why representation is so important yeah. and why having all of you people doing streams and stuff is so important is because it shows that, hey, yeah, women can be totally accepted in the Blood Bowl community. And so that's going to make it more likely that other women who are hanging around in chat are, you know, willing to talk about who they are and willing to step up and not be not think that they'll be thought less of for being a woman. Or Sorry, that was a it bit... won't be no, you're absolutely right on that. Knowing that someone is the same as you, like as a woman, that you're not gonna have to prove yourself that you are of an equal. You're not gonna have to work that little bit harder just to be taken seriously matters so much. I'm still trying to figure out what kind of platform Mur has levels that you can make about being a lesbian. What like what is the platformer? <laughs> you gotta plug it now. We can make anything about being a lesbian giraffe. Anything's an innuendo if you try hard enough. Yeah. I was wait I was waiting for the smut and it came and it was brilliant. I was it's I don't know if this really answers to this question to be honest, but like I was just thinking of what um Audrey just said, like um in my local like tabletop league where I live, there's as far as I'm aware, I don't fully know because it's like 35, 40 people in the league that we get split in different conferences, so like, there could be someone else. I don't know. But as as far as I'm aware of, there's one other woman in the league uh, who's super, super lovely. Um, uh, she's horrifyingly 
yeah, just just very upsetting to me because I can't. But other than that, she's lovely. Um, <laughs> and um, no, it was, it was really funny because like it's a, we play most of our games at the local board games cafe, and a lot of the staff at the local board games cafe are women. And when I was in there the other night, I got chatting to one of them, and she was saying that they had started up like a staff league. And she was saying, like, basically, kind of what I got just said about and the person in the platform game, like, oh, you know, we felt sort of, like, up for it because we saw there were women playing, basically, like, you know, well, we saw you guys were playing, like, and we thought that was cool. And so we're like, okay, like, yeah, this is... And I think there is definitely something in that sometimes. You just... I think Dizzy talked about this the last time we, we did this topic in the podcast about just the gaming group, not board game, not the football group, like a gaming group that when she was at university, because she was really sort of anxious and intimidated, she wasn't sure if she was going to go into the room and then she saw one other woman going in. I think it was the way around and the other woman saw her and sorry, Dizzy, I think. No, yeah, yeah, you had it right. (laughs) Yeah, you know, sometimes it it does just help see someone else, doesn't it? Sometimes it does. It does, does, it absolutely does. So I I took that experience of mine of, of going in with another woman and I used as I got more confident got more involved in the societies and everything I became a committee member because I knew that there was some we'd had some feedback from some people who'd said that if there had been from from, from some girls who'd said that if there had been a female committee member or you know more more prominent women on on the fresher stand then they would have joined so I became a committee member we had the discussion of like you shouldn't really need it if you were that if they were really that invested in in the in the hobby then they would join regardless and it's like yes oh not true but no not everybody has the confidence to enter into those situations and the thing is it's not that they're not invested in the hobby it's that they will find another platform of which to do it on yeah like they'll find a disc and they'll run tabletop simulator to run board games whereas it's so nice to do these sorts of things in person yeah and i'm sure that they would love to join that that sort of uh, that sort of society and be able to do that but there's other ways for them to do it in what feels like to them a more safe space yeah and that's exactly I hate that why line. and we actually um i ended up becoming president of the gaming society but also at the same time because there are two there were two societies at the same time um who were very closely linked the gaming society but also the rpg society or the tabletop role-playing games although they also did larp as well so just rpg i guess but yeah we um both both of us who were presidents were both women and that is the first time that both those societies they've both had female presidents before but never at the same time and so we were the first two females presidents at the same time and that was the year covid hit so we couldn't end up we didn't end up doing much with it unfortunately but it was yeah it, it was really really good and we had a lot of big ideas that we could do with the society and we did loads more social media stuff because of covid and stuff but yeah it was we, we really tried to push out this unified front of we are an inclusive and safe space um and try to create those those moments with newer members where it's like yeah you're welcome here you are i've got somebody to come to if you need to and so i guess my story is from the opposite side of it is like trying is is in in creating those spaces and in in allowing people to feel like they can come in and join join in and we were some of the most lgbtq plus friendly societies uh not including the lgbtq plus society itself so yeah we we had a lot of people who felt very safe and and open and and who could find themselves with with us um and it was a really good couple of years of my life um being in those societies Shame that you didn't get to like actually I know. leave your mark. <laughs> I'm COVID. I'm COVID. Can I change tact a little bit now? So Audrey, what's your favourite game? Since we are a gaming podcast, let's talk about games. What is my favourite game? Or what's your favourite style of game? If you don't Gosh. think you have a favourite one. Platformers? I hate platformers. <laughs> no, actually I hate platformers. It's Mass Effect. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'm a masochist. I've, well, you play I'll tell you more about that. that one later, but okay, masochism, I see. I adore Blood Bowl. <laughs> it is absolutely one of my favorite games just because, I don't know, there's so much strategy to it and so much skill, but you just have this luck element to it that for me, I don't know, a lot of people feel like they get fucked over by the dice and stuff and get really angry at it, but for me, it's just this wonderful excuse. Like, like <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Every, I'm everybody here right now is shrinking down into their chair thinking oh my god she's talking about me i've never heard tree dice wine (laughs) 
I've known her for all of two days and I call bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> never, um, never heard true dice on. <laughs> yeah, it just has this wonderful balance of like skill and so many options and just so much hilarious shit gets to happen. I think um, that's the perfect place to end. Blood Bowl is a fair and balanced game. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Finish your thought. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I'm really, really bad at most video games. Like anything that's in real time, I am just way too slow to function. I can't even drive a car. I just like freak out and panic because I can't look around fast enough. So I stick with turn-based stuff for the most part. Have you played Super Hot? I have not played Super Hot. That does sound pretty interesting to me. It does. It's sadly not very sexy, but Aww. it is a turn-based first-person shooter, sort of, which is kind of nice. Oh, is that the VR one? It, it is VR, but it's also not VR. It started as not VR, and then they made a really nice VR version of it. Really? Okay, I didn't know there was a non-VR version. I might have to actually check that out then. It's, if you're yeah. moving, they move or something. Yeah, if you move, they move. Yeah. It's, um, right. But it gives you a chance to, like, if you feel like you're panicking, just stop. Yeah, that's then, wonderful. It looks <laughs> awesome! And it's absolutely phenomenal as a VR because then you can yeah, the moving is actually yeah. moving I caught a gun and I did this and I did yeah it looked, looked like a lot of fun the person I watched play this well Carly you could always stream it <laughs> thank you I've just bought Call of the Lamb you like turn-based I like roguelikes I also I like roguelikes, but I, I like turn-based roguelikes. <laughs> ah, clever, clever. I lo I'm loving Slay the Spire at the moment. I've just bought Cult. Yeah. I've also bought Two Point Campus, but I'm on a level that says you've got to do your attractiveness, and I'm not creative at all. I can't be asked with that, so I haven't played it for a while. I tell what you're talking about. What's Pebble. a good turn-based turn -based roguelike? Um, my favorite is called Tales of Majayal. I guess the original um, rogue and stuff was turn-based, right? So it's probably a bit closer to the origins than Hades and stuff like that. Sometimes I feel like I really need these conversations. So I'm like, roguelike. Yeah, I could pretend I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so a roguelike, for anybody that doesn't know, Trey, this is for you, then <laughs> it, it's a game that's different every single time you play it. So the okay. premise is always the same. You're always trying to do the same thing. But what happens in the game is always different. Right, okay. It's all randomly generated. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever seen anyone play Slay the Spire, then like the, the enemy... So the, the premise of that you're creating this card deck is the same the whole way through and you're using those to attack. But what happens as you're going through the map is different every single time. But like, isn't that true for lots of games? I mean, that would be true for like theme park. It's like you're doing the same thing every time you're in theme park, but different stuff happens. But the map is always the same. permadeath, I think. So it's like, you have one life and as soon as you fuck up, you're out, basically. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, there's that too. And then once you die, you do like just restart everything fresh. Everything gets randomly regenerated and the basic structure stays overall. But yeah, fresh start. So the, some of my favourite, Slay the Spire, Dicey Dungeons. Uh, Dicey Dungeons is so much fun. Oh, I just love rolling dice. I love yes, rolling yeah, dice. Just roll dice. Uh, I don't know if you've tried this one yet, Audrey, but Peglin. I have not. That's fun. That is good really? fun. I enjoy okay. that. I really enjoy out. that game. It's like Plinko. Is that, is that what it... Basically, you have to shoot this ball and hit the pegs to create damage to attack the enemies. It's really yeah, fun. I, I, I know what you mean. Talking. I have played something a little bit like a uh, round guard. I think that's a little bit similar. Yeah, but yeah, Peglin is great. Definitely great. Love it. I'm actually, I guess most of what I play is like visual novels and stuff. Um, oh, I just, I love stories. So yeah, I just, I just go for visual novels. And if anyone wants visual novel recommendations, um, that will be its own podcast, I'm sure. Oops. <laughs> so. <laughs> so like, I, because I, other than, I, I would say before the pandemic, I've talked about this before before. Like, I would have just not considered myself, like, a video gamer at all. Like, I played board games with friends, and that was a thing I did. When the pandemic hit, I played a bunch of football online, and then got I played a few other things online, um, sort of spinning off of that. And at one point, I got myself a Switch, because, again, we were stuck at home not doing much. And I, I talked to a friend of mine who was a games developer. Not games developer, she works for a games developer. She doesn't, I'm sure she works technical side of it. But um, I was asking for, like, advice, and she was like, what do you like? And I was like, I just basically want, like, a choose-your-own-adventure book, but, like, as a video game and she recommended Night in the Woods to me which is incredible I love Night in the Woods but I haven't found anything else like that and it sounds like you're talking about games that are like that like games that are story driven games that are have we not talked about our lord and savior Mass Effect <laughs> <laughs> which, <laughs> what have I been talking about alien for the last sex year? shooting and stuff in it we've talked about I'm like I'm the Gordry on this like I don't have my eye coordination I don't want to have to do things that require me to like I mean, we can get you an aim pop. Story mode. Just story mode. It's fine. Is story yeah, mode well, takes away the shooting? It doesn't, but like you can basically shoot anywhere on screen and it roughly lands. <laughs> 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 
Sorry, I think it's called casual or something like that. Um, anyway, sorry, carry on. I just needed, like, it wouldn't be a Hey Listen podcast without at least one mention of Mass Effect. <laughs> it's, it's worth noting some of our viewers have started playing Mass Effect and have been updating us with, yeah, the, yeah, with their progress. Looking at you, Mootly. Mootly yeah. seems, <laughs> seems active. And he's loving it. At the lack of alien sex he's managed to achieve so far. <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody's tried to jump my bones. What are you going to work for it, aren't you? It's great. Right. It's like real life. Come on, yeah, you can't just like, oh, opening credits, sex. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how real life should be. It's, oh yeah. my god, make life that easier. Is- Audrey, you were going to say some other like games. I'm sorry. And, oh, oh sure. Well, I guess if you like Night in the Woods, I never actually finished that just because <sighs> I have problems finishing games. I know I'm horrible, but uh, my top recommendation would be Oxenfree. It's yeah. it's just so atmospheric and the dialogue is like so realistic and you get to make like, I don't know, it just feels like you're actually involved in it a lot more because you kind of have a little bit of time to choose your dialogue and if you don't choose what you want to say, it just kind of moves on without you and it, it just, it's so cool. Such a good game. And then as far as like actual visual novels, like, I guess, like, Night in the Woods is a, actually kind of a platformer, almost, right? Because you're, like, moving around and doing things and this and that. But a visual novel, you're just basically staring at backgrounds with character sprites in front that change their faces and sometimes take their clothes off if you're playing the same ones that I am. Oh, I mean, we were recommended a visual novel in one oh, no. of our previous podcasts. No. <laughs> It was, sure. it was, it was, no, no, we saw the pictures. Oh, we saw the pictures. It, it was called Farmer's Daughter. Oh my god! <laughs> if anyone, anyone wants to look that up, uh, if you're under eighteen, don't. <laughs> not, not safe for work. What was that other one? Oh, I'd have to go straight back in the Yes. Yeah, I don't think that wasn't a visual novel, though. <laughs> <laughs> that was a porn simulator. <laughs> we had a very interesting episode with um, Monty. It was a lot of fun. It was, very it, was, fun. it was very eye-opening. <laughs> that definitely <laughs> does sound much. fun. I mean, I can go back and find the screenshots if Audrey would like me to. <laughs> Uh, I won't complain. I would not say that Stroke necessarily would be up your street. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I, the Monty episode had big warnings all over it going, this is not safe for work. If you're under 18, don't listen to it. So, uh, yeah. Okay, let's go back to Audrey telling us about her favourite games. We keep interrupting it. I, and when yeah. I say we, I mean me. I keep interrupting it. I'm very sorry. <laughs> oh, goodness. I don't have that much to say. Um, <laughs> the end of the spectrum, then. What about games that you really don't like or don't get on with? You've mentioned you don't really like platformers. Is there anything else or any other genres that you don't really like? Honestly, I just love video games. And I think they're a really cool medium and just like as a form of art. And even the things that I don't like, I enjoy watching for the most part. I, someone actually asked me the other day, just kind of as a, a thought experiment, like if you could delete one game, like just wipe it out of existence, what would it be? Fortnite. <laughs> but see, I think that's bullshit. I think even if you don't like what Fortnite is, what it's become in popular culture, it's just it's such like an important part of culture. it's not the game uh-huh. it's not the gameplay it's not the mm-hmm. mechanics it's the predatory way they go after kids with microtransactions okay now that seems pretty valid yep no i'm wrong <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, couldn't you say the same about like every single mobile game out there? Absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, you shouldn't be allowed to put microtransactions in in mobile games. Guys, what about the science though that you can buy in Bloodborne Two for fresh skins? Well, you can earn those. Yeah, you can earn them pretty quickly. No, my my son, he used to have a, an Amazon Fire tab thing, whatever they were called. I'm old, and he could download all these apps, and they were all these just like tap 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 apps, and then all of a sudden it would pop up like, "Pay eighty nine ninety nine to unlock oh, all the features of this." And it's like that is just utterly predatory. Yeah, it's so predatory, and that kind of predatory behaviour is what I would completely wipe out. Can I? I don't want to sort of just keep jumping aside everywhere, but actually, I feel like the question that we haven't asked, which I I do feel like is one of the questions we always ask, and we certainly started off asking ourselves when we started off. It's like, what's your gaming origin story? Like, what's your like? How did you first first get into gaming? Like, was it when you were really little? Was it like, yeah? How did you get into video um, games? Yeah, I suppose I always have my parents um were on the cutting edge and got a computer back when it was just ms dos or whatever and so i could never figure out how to do it myself but sometimes my brother would be nice and boot up centipede slash for game me. slash doom <laughs> <laughs> yeah Col- collie's um, origin story is doom so let Audrey finish the story 
Sorry. Oh, it's not much of a story. It's just, yeah, I've always been, I've always kind of had video games on the periphery. As soon as I got a bit older, started playing, like, what, Age of Empires is really big. Mm -hmm. Nox, probably no one's heard of Nox. And, you know, I'm just going to plug that. N-O-X, Nox, by Westwood Studios, same people who did, like, Red Alert and those games. Absolutely brilliant. It's kind of like an action RPG, a little bit in Diablo style, but a lot more puzzly aspects and less RPG aspects. Um, it is just such a joy to play. The controls are perfect. You have like interactable environments. That is absolutely one of my favorite games and I wish more modern games drew inspiration from it. So check that it? out. It's super cheap on GOG. Mm. How old is it? Uh, I think it's, I don't actually remember. It's from maybe like 2000. It's from about 2000. 2000, yep. Mm. It's definitely 2000. I am so smart. Yeah. Hey. Here it is. It's five pounds on GOG. Anybody that wants to check that out. And you make it about this Because you said you could do that with any game. That's what you told us. Ooh. Um, yeah, actually it has <laughs> a, it, it's external, but it has a pretty damn comprehensive level editor and people have like created completely new custom campaigns and stuff and I don't quite have the time and dedication for it but you bet I could get some lesbians (laughs) up in there. (laughs) You thought you were joking Tree. I did, I thought I was joking and I was wrong. So Audrey what got you to start streaming? I honest to god don't remember my memory is absolute shit I apologize for that. Yeah I'm really not sure What do you enjoy about streaming? Well Okay, Con- that's convince me that I need to take it up. Well, I'm not sure that I can. Take it up. For me, it's I'm like a super socially anxious person. I never get out. And so one of the things is it's just such a nice way of being able to interact with people and still kind of, I guess, maintain the power, if that makes sense. Like, I never feel like I'm beholden to other people. It's my stream. I'm in charge. If anyone makes me uncomfortable, I can just kick them out or whatever. And I don't have to worry about doing everything perfectly. And the other part is just, maybe this sounds a little bit stupid, but it's one of the few times where I like really feel like I'm a woman because like going out in public and stuff, I'm pretty uncomfortable with. And just online, I just feel like, you know, a random avatar in the void. But when I'm streaming, it's, I am kind of visible as a woman and I'm acknowledged as that. And I really like it. So I guess this is kind of going back to contradict how we started this episode. But in a lot of ways, I love that people do focus on me being a woman streamer because it's so validating. Um, and yeah. Yeah, what one of the reasons that I am drawn into your streams when I do get chance when you're not streaming at really funky times UK is because you are a woman. And for me, that makes you feel like a safe, inclusive space for me as a woman to go into. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. I, yeah, this is so funny. We were just talking about how we, we want to be seen as streamers, not women and stuff. But I agree. I'm following all of you, subscribed to most of you at this point. And part of that definitely is because of kind of, I suppose more importantly, it's because of the environment that you cultivate but a lot of that does come from being a woman I think and having different experiences and wanting to make sure that the stream is such a a pleasant community such a safe place for everyone so thank you all for doing that as well and you yeah (laughs) she was even on when I woke up this morning so like she was on at a time that was like UK friends amazing (laughs) yeah but at that point I, I, I did say when I was feeding the kids and they were climbing all over me and I just Tell the kids to bed and then I went over and then I went over. Oh no. We are quite young. (laughs) (laughs) And then I had to put all that laundry away. And that was hell. That was utter hell. I'm sorry. Well, get the kids to do the laundry. Right? That's the whole point of having kids. (laughs) 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 They created honestly, I've tried that and I'll work on it all the time. I'll be honest, I'm twenty nine, living with my parents and my mom does all of my laundry for me. So Collie, just fair warning. It's not gonna get easy. It's not gonna last forever. I mean the youngest is two, so he can't he can't help. Oh no, he tried to help, it went really badly. Oh, that's so cute though. It wasn't. Going back to what you were saying, Audrey, about like the safe spaces that you know female streamers create i think i think it's also really important to acknowledge when we do notice that like there are uh, male or or non-female streamers who also create those spaces and how important Mm -hmm. they are as well like there are some streams that i feel incredibly comfortable going into knowing that i'm going to be i can just be who i am in them i don't have to worry about like being bombarded or or like you know being pointed out and what you were saying about being validated as being a woman when you're on stream I think 
that's like yes you do you know there are ways of like validating womanhood by not going over the board and being oh my god woman i think so i think the positive way of doing it is incredibly validating and incredibly good and it's the you know the unicorn you are unicorn you are special on pedestal kind of way is the definitely not the way to do it okay but i think the most validating comment i ever got is when some rando popped into my chat and was just like hey you totally give me a boner through the drywall or <laughs> your voice and it was an immediate ban but at the same time i fucking loved it it's like i put this on my resume today like my voice will give you a boner through the drywall <laughs> so. depending on where you're applying that might actually be very <laughs> sought after skill i don't know if i haven't followed up to that um i was just thinking like i think someone who's like a really good example of what dizzy was just saying like i actually think like a really nice example for this is is crystal hunter because crystal hunter can make a sex joke crystal hunter will make a sex joke like often in fact <laughs> yes i i um, i want to say but, exactly the same but but, but, <laughs> but, the, but the reason it's okay with crystal the reason it's okay with crystal in my opinion now you can tell me if you disagree but i think the reason it's okay with crystal is that crystal will also like he can do that but he's not treating me as someone who's not like part of the hobby in like a sincere way because mm. crystal will also get into a conversation with me that is like the nerdiest shit possible crystal will like let's talk about this one turn i've been coming up with these new one turn defense ideas do you like them like i'm gonna draw the arrows on the screen so like he is treating you as someone who's like a hundred percent fully equal in the hobby but also you can make a sex joke with each other yeah yeah i think i think crystal's really really inclusive but i think what helps with that right crystal won't just make Crystal Hunter won't just make sex jokes to the women. He is equal streaming. He will make sex jokes to anyone. <laughs> and he's Dutch, that's why. That is true. Yeah, it's okay to make sex jokes if you're Dutch. That's the real rule. <laughs> well, if you, if you do it to literally everybody. Yeah, he, he's equal opportunity sex jokes. He, he will make sex jokes to literally everyone and he gave Dizzy the most perfect <laughs> name in the world oh my god so the story is I, I raided into Crystal Hunter after a stream and he was saying hello to everybody and um, I don't know if he misread my name or he just had a slip of the top I don't quite know ha what happened but instead of uh, reading my name as Dizzy Bess he uh, changed Dizzy to Dirty <laughs> and it has stuck he, he started immediately <laughs> laughing because he knew exactly what had ha what you know that it would stick and he just immediately burst out laughing it was just laughing for a good two minutes while i'm there going what <laughs> is that did you misread my name or and yeah it's not it's not gone away it's not gone away at all it never will probably not so every podcast episode that we do we try to highlight a streamer and since you are our guest audrey is there a streamer that you know of that you would like to you, you. give a shout out to or you well, I mean, we're going to give a shout out to Audrey oh, anyway, you. but I'm just, if she's, if she, there's another streamer that she would like to give a shout out to, is there somebody who you would like to give that to? Um, oh my goodness, that's, I would definitely like to give a shout out to Tuco Casador, um, who I've discovered pretty recently, and he just has the sweetest community of people. He's a variety streamer, um, and just the atmosphere on his channel is one of the, the best places I've ever been. Oh, it's nice. always fun. Everyone is lovely. There's a hug command in chat. Um, you can't you can't go wrong. Um, and and I should say I did buy him Blood Bowl, and Ooh. he started checking out just the solo campaign recently. So if you want to pressure him to play some more of that, I would love it. I really want. Want to see him get into it and yeah so check down below in the descriptions for the link yep and also i just want to say like variety streaming is really hard so please 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 go give them a follow give them all the support that you can because uh it can be really hard as a variety streamer constantly changing games and stuff and and stuff and so especially with moving to blood bowl it may be a bit of a a, a learning curve but definitely give them a, a, a some support uh, any events coming up anyone got anything fun planned we want to give a shout out to bang average chicken bowl oh yes of course bowl. The UK in the UK, Woo! yes. Uh, the, that's Andy Davo's tabletop tournament that he's going to be running in October. So there's... just for uh, just for everyone once again, it's called Bang Average <laughs> Chicken Bowl. So we've got Bang Average Chicken Bowl. Any other events? Any stream events? Anything you guys are doing personally? I feel like this is just me bragging about the fun things I'm going to get to do in my life. But giraffe and cauliflower are coming to private. Yay! <laughs> 
I'm just glad to see him be there. But, so, Gerald, next time, you next time. Come to hometown. We should, um, this is maybe more of a logistics planning thing, but we should record our escapades. Oh, yes, please do. Or stream, yeah. or even stream them, really. If you if you record them, I can put them on a YouTube channel. <gasps> YouTube yeah, content! Wow, <laughs> uh, Audrey, are you up to difficult. anything fun? It doesn't have to be in your personal life. It can be on stream or just anything, anything. fun coming up. Um, um, I'm currently dealing with feral cats. That's about all. Ooh. I can go on for hours about that, but I won't at the moment. Just wish me luck. Wish me luck. The cats. We are all suffering. (laughs) Good luck. Mm. It'll be fine. And probably be fine. And then for me, I'm. I mean, October's coming, so I'm going to be doing some Halloween streams and some scary, get more scary game streams. But apart from that, there's nothing. event wise going on so make sure you follow all of us on our twitch channels including collie because eventually she will do a, a, a stream she will stream eventually so do follow cauliflower's uh, twitch channel tree and i both have youtube channels so i'll put links to those audrey do you have a youtube channel as well uh no just twitch okay just twitch okay so thank you everybody for listening it has been lovely recording this for you i don't know quite what i was trying to say there but apologies that it does take us quite a little while to get these out it is a little bit difficult organizing us all with different time zones and everything but we'll be back in the next one i'm ga- well actually our next one will be a one year anniversary podcast oh, congratulations Just average chicken bowl so we yeah we will be uh, celebrating our one year as a podcast and we will have a very special announcement during that podcast so make sure you tune in to hear what that is going to be um, is it your wedding <laughs> There is no current plans for a Dizzy Bass uh, wedding, uh, unfortunately. Thank you very much, everybody, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.